The foot of the cross is flat. We all have equal access to the Lord. We all have access to the Spirit of God as we talked about last week because we all have the Holy Spirit that is in our hearts. In Scripture, we are called to be ministers, to be servants for the Lord. And we're all going to be called to do different things, used differently in the kingdom for His purposes. So we're not in competition. Welcome to Under the Fig Tree. Under the Fig Tree is a verse-by-verse study taught by Pastor Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel of Greeley. We are currently studying through the New Testament book of 1 Corinthians. Here's Pastor Jeff. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it, And even now you are still not able, for you are still carnal. For where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? For when one says, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? So as we've been going through this wonderful epistle, 1 Corinthians, the church of Corinth, or that is the Christians that made up the church there in the city of Corinth, Described here in chapter 3, they're described as being carnal. And their carnality is being described as striving with one another and being envious of one another, which would then lead to divisions. They are full of boastings and gathering around the leadership of various men, as we have seen. And so Paul, he's been writing to them, speaking to them very plainly, very honestly about their divisions. The apostle also has been speaking to them concerning the difference between the wisdom of man versus the wisdom of God. And it is through the wisdom of God that he has chosen, God, the foolish things of the world, the weak things of the world, to confound the wise and the strong, and the things that are not, to bring to naught the things that are, that no man shall glory in his presence. And so is God's wisdom that is greater than man's wisdom, and God's ways are not man's ways. In chapter 2, as we saw last time, that the apostle talks about, first of all, the spiritual man. The spiritual man is the one who is a believer, born again by the Spirit of God. He is the one that understands the things of the Lord, because the Holy Spirit gives him or her understanding. For who has known the mind of the Lord, that he might instruct him. So there is the spiritual man that has some maturity in the things of God, has opened up his heart and his ears to the things of God, and it has been revealed, God, to him by the Holy Spirit. Then Paul would talk about the natural man, as we saw, or the unbeliever who does not understand the wisdom of God. He does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. So the natural man, there's this blindness, uh, not able to see, understand, know the things of God and the wisdom of God. And as we have read now in chapter 3, we see that Paul talks to those in Corinth who are Christians. He calls them, first of all, brethren, in verse 1. He calls them babes in Christ. So he's addressing them as believers, but he says, I can't speak to you as to spiritual And he speaks to them as carnal. Matter of fact, we see that in the first four verses that he mentions the word carnal 
four times. So it's very clear, it's very evident that he is calling them carnal. He is also calling them Christians. And so what he is saying here is that their carnality, and you see sometimes we think that being carnal is associated with some you know, notorious sin that we're involved in or some immorality or something like that. But here the apostle is associating their carnality with envies and strife that resulting in divisions. And what he is saying to them is that where there is envy, where there is strife and divisions, when you gather around a man, rather than putting your basis and your unity and your foundation that he's going to speak of later on in this chapter, being in Jesus Christ, he's our basis of unity. He is the one that has saved us. He is the one that has forgiven us. He is our foundation. And whenever we lose sight of that, we become carnal. And that's what Paul is saying, at least in Paul's definition here of what carnality is in chapter 3 of 1 Corinthians. But Paul would also go on to associate their carnality with their spiritual immaturity. Because we read in verse 2 again, he says, I fed you with milk and not with solid food. For until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you are still not able, for you are still carnal. So when we first gave our hearts to the Lord Jesus Christ, and maybe that happened for some of you when you were a child, when you were small, it's a wonderful thing to see those back in, in the rooms there in the children's ministry, that the gospel is easy enough for them to understand it and to receive it. And so it's wonderful to see the children come to the Lord or when somebody is a teenager come to the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe perhaps you came to the Lord later on in life when you were an adult. I know my dad, he didn't come to the Lord until he was 66 years old. And so uh, those of us who first come to the Lord, of course, we are considered young in the Lord. We're considered perhaps babes in Christ. And it can be, and it is, a wonderful, glorious thing to have those who come to Christ and they're young in the Lord and they're babes in Christ. And I love to be around them because of their enthusiasm, because they're excited and, and they're ones that you can see that that new life that is in them is so evident and they're excited about coming to the Lord and being forgiven. And we who are more mature really need to take the time to pray for them and to encourage them. We need to disciple them and instruct them and come alongside of them. That's why children's ministry is, is so very important. It's an important ministry, one of the most important ministries that takes place here at Calvary Chapel because we're giving them the Word of God and we're teaching them and we're discipling them and we're giving them the gospel. You see, children's ministry is not just babysitting, but even the toddlers, the twos and threes, they're there getting those simple lessons and getting the seed of the Word in their hearts even at that young age. And also, I realize the more that I get older in the Lord and the longer that I minister, that discipling others is such an extremely important ministry that takes place here. To help those who have just come to the Lord, that are young in the Lord, or maybe babes in Christ, now that they've been saved, now it's time to grow in Christ and to disciple them and encourage them to come into maturity. And so the apostle, he's expressing to them 
that I can't speak to you as mature Christians, as to spiritual, but as to babes in Christ. And, and you're still being fed with milk, not with solid food. It was the apostles' will that they be growing in maturity in the Lord Jesus Christ. To the church of Ephesus, Paul would write and pray that they might come into that perfect man unto the measure of the statue of the fullness of the image of Christ. So it is God's will very clearly that we grow up spiritually, that we do mature. Now you may ask yourself, how do I know if I am maturing and growing in the Lord? And the answer to that is very simple. And that is, how's your appetite? That is, what do you desire to take in? Are you desiring to continue to take in the things of God, the Word of God, start taking in solid food, start taking in the meat of the Word? Paul says, I fed you with milk because you were not able to receive solid food. In other words, because of your carnality and because of your immaturity, you're not able to take in the solid food that is the meat of God's Word. So after we're born again by the Spirit of God, we begin with the milk of God's Word. We begin by, by beginning to understand the Word of God and the things of God as we go through the Word of God. But God doesn't want us to stay in that place where we're just continuing in the milk of God's Word. And as we saw, and I mentioned last week, it was the writer of Hebrews that he would give uh, this message to uh, the Hebrew believers. That he says, at a time when you should be teachers, you're still in the milk of the word, and you're not taking on the meat of the word. So God's desires for us to grow into that uh, which is more solid, the meat of God's word, just growing in the grace and love and knowledge of Jesus Christ, growing in God's wisdom. And the way to grow in God's wisdom is to know his word and have it worked out deep in, in, in our lives or worked out in our lives as it's worked in our hearts, the word of God. So very important. Sometimes we think, oh, I've got to take on the meat of the word. What does that mean? I've got to get into deep theological theories and issues and things like that. No, it's just simply going through the scriptures, learning the scriptures, just as we do here on Sundays and on Wednesday nights, as you have your own devotions, as you have your own time as you study God's word. And as you do, you're going to grow. And you're going to grow in God's wisdom and the knowledge and love of Jesus Christ. And you're going to begin to take on the meat of the word as you're taking on God's word and applying it in your life. And I pray that our appetite would not be just for the things of the world, taking in worldly, fleshly things. And the Corinthian church here still, after several years, about five years, Paul is writing this epistle to them after he established the church there in Corinth. And after that amount of time, they still weren't able to take in and eat the solid food of the scriptures. Now, one more point that i like to make before we move on. But it is my desire and it is my responsibility as the, a pastor of Calvary Chapel, as a pastor or teacher of God's word, is to feed you the word of God. And to feed it to you and to give it to you and to teach it to you in such a way that you're hearing it, that you're growing, that you're learning, that you're maturing, that you're being encouraged and edified through the Word of God, taking in the Word of God, the Scriptures, so that you can have opportunity to know God's wisdom and to grow. Now, think about this. Any of us who have had children, when we have children and they're born, again, 
they're beautiful, they're, they're, ex they're exciting to, to see and, and to see those young ones back in the nursery or when you have a child yourself. But that child needs to be fed milk, right? And that child cannot feed themselves. But as they get older, as they get into the toddler's age, they begin to learn to feed themselves, don't they? They might make a mess. They might be, you know, one that, uh, you know, it's not the easiest, but they are beginning to learn to feed themselves. And when they get older, they can feed themselves. But one of the things about as a child grows as well in maturity physically and emotionally, that we as parents, what we need to do is teach them that you just can't eat certain things that you want to eat all the time, like candy and ice cream and, and cake and things like that, cookies. Because if we let our children do that, that's what they will eat all the time, the snacks, the things that aren't good for them. It may taste good, but it's not healthy for them. So we need to make sure that they learn to eat those things like asparagus and broccoli and things like that, vegetables and fruit, and learn to have a balanced and good diet as they grow up. And then as they do grow up, they begin to feed themselves, don't they? My children, that are I don't have any small ones anymore. Uh, my youngest is, is nine now. And they can make breakfast themselves. They don't say, hey, Dad, can you get me a bowl of cereal? I say, hey, there's the refrigerator. There's the bowls and the cereal. You know how to do that yourselves. And they can. They can make a sandwich. And my two older ones, they're learning to, to be able to feed themselves if they have to. And Barbara, who's going to be graduating, if she goes to college and is living on her own, she's not going to starve to death because she knows how to make food. So that's all part of growing up. You say, what's your point? My point is this, is that spiritually, as we come to the Lord, whenever that might be, we begin to, to take on the milk of the Word. But then as we grow spiritually, we want to learn to feed ourselves. We want to begin to learn to take in the Word of God for ourselves, don't we? And one of the things that I've noticed about someone who doesn't want to grow in the things of God, who's a babe in Christ, very rarely will they glean from the Bible themselves. Or what will happen is, is that they will want to take in those things that maybe taste good, that they have itchy ears, but it's not necessarily good for them spiritually. It's not healthy for them spiritually. There are movements that come blowing through the church and people get all excited about it and wow look what's going on and it's all this excitement or entertainment or whatever it might be and what we need to encourage them in and teach them our children as we minister to them is you guys need to start feeding yourselves right and one of the things i know that the, the high schoolers um you know i i, I hope that they're understanding, and I pressed this upon them all the time, listen, you guys are old enough, even the junior high group, that you guys are old enough to start having Bible study, your own devotions yourselves, to get up each and every day and to read the scriptures and to have that devotion. Start establishing that in your life. Start feeding yourself the Word of God. It's great that you're coming here. It's great that you guys are coming here as well on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights or Tuesday night Brad's Bible study or Sandy's Lady study. But there are those times as well, and they will encourage you in this, that you need to also be feeding yourself constantly and daily. And if we don't feed ourselves physically, we become weak. And if we don't feed ourselves spiritually the Word of God, then we become weak spiritually as well. And we have to study those things sometimes as we go through the Word of God that maybe are hard to read. 
And maybe convict us that aren't always exciting. That's one of the things about as we go through the scriptures, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, through the whole counsel of God's word, that there's some of it that, that you go through it and, you know, we need that healthy diet, don't we? The whole counsel of God's word. But also kids, our own kids, as they grow up, they look forward to growing, don't they? They look forward to getting older. And I know that my kids do. Um, you know, I got a daughter who's 11 who looks forward to growing up because she thinks she's going to get her own cell phone. And uh, <laughs> you know how that is these days. That's why she wants to grow up, so she can get a cell phone. It's like I told her she can get one when she's 30. So, <laughs> But, you know, my son, Luke, he's going to get his driver's license here in a couple of weeks. And you know, be 16 here this week, and, and Barbara's graduating, and she's looking forward to the next stage of her life, and going to college, and eventually being on her own, and I think all of our kids do that. You talk to the kids, you ask them how old they are, and they'll say, well, I'm six and a half. That half is really important to them, and they look forward to growing up, and I pray that for us here that all of us, that we would have a desire that, you know what, I look forward to getting older, more mature in the Lord. That none of us would say, oh, I just want to be immature, an immature Christian. I just want to continue in the milk of God's Word. I don't want to feed myself. I only want to hear those things that are exciting. I just want to be entertained or have feel-good messages that I hear or sermonettes for Christianettes. And it's unfortunate that even in many churches today, that you don't even have to bring a Bible anymore. I pray that we would be ones, that we would grow. Taking on the Word of God, that's what I appreciate about you guys so much. You bring your Bibles, and you're here, and we're going through the Scriptures, and we're learning the Scriptures, and many of you, you're writing notes as we go through it. It isn't that we're better than anybody else, or we're the only mature believers here in our community. Not at all. But you're here because you know that we're going to open up the Bible and we're going to read through the Bible and we're going to make application and you know that that's the way to grow in the things of God. And so verse 3, he goes on, he says, For you are still carnal, for where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? For when one says, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? So another mark of their carnality was there was no desire to take in the solid food of God's word as we discuss. And again, their carnality was characterized by verse 3 telling us envy, strife, and divisions that existed in the church. And the apostle writes, as long as these things are taking place, existing among you, are you not carnal? You're behaving like mere men. Now, he did not say that they were mere men. And mere men is, is a term referring to unbelievers. He says you're acting like mere men. We have a higher calling as Christians, don't we? A higher calling in life. And remember, at the end of chapter 2, we saw that Paul mentioned to them that they are to have the mind of Christ. And as we have discussed what the mind of Christ is, the mind of Christ is not selfishness and self-centeredness and only thinking about ourselves and striving and envy and all of this. Envy is wanting something that someone has. Strife is finding something wrong with someone. And because you always want something else and you're finding fault with somebody else, it would lead to their contentions, as Paul mentioned in chapter 1. They're fighting, they're quarreling, and then the result was division, separating from each other. 
That was a mark of their carnality. We are called to humble ourselves as Christians, aren't we? To, to humble ourselves, take on the mind of Christ, that is, we're looking out not only for our own interests, but for the interests of others, and understand that our unity is based on Jesus Christ, that he is the foundation of our faith. And Paul's going to begin to talk about that shortly. But verse 5, he goes on and he says, Who then is Paul and who is Apollos, but ministers through whom you believed as the Lord gave to each one? You, you did not believe on the name of Paul. You didn't believe on the name of Apollos for salvation. It was the Lord that you were brought to. You believed on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so Paul's reminding them of something that's very important. Don't you lose sight of the Lord and, and focus on the individual that he uses. We're all ministers. We're all servants of the Lord. So keep things in perspective. You don't have your hope and unity in the human instrument. You don't have a following around a man, but it's around the Lord. You see, sometimes people can see clergy and ministers and pastors as a special group, a select group. They have this unique pipeline access to God. And that thought is never found in scriptures. The foot of the cross is flat. We all have equal access to the Lord. We all have access to the Spirit of God, as we talked about last week, because we all have the Holy Spirit that is in our hearts. In scripture, we are called to be ministers, to be servants for the Lord. And we're all going to be called to do different things, used differently in the kingdom for his purposes. So we're not in competition. And that's what Paul is saying here. I'm not in competition with Cephas, or that is Peter, with Apollos. Rather, we're in cooperation. And it is the spiritually minded person that realizes that in the kingdom of God, we cooperate. We don't compete against one another. We don't compete against other ministries and other churches. We don't see ourselves as being better and just separate ourselves from other Christians. And if we're not careful, what can happen is, is that we can have envy, we can have strife and leads to division and have the spirit of carnality that can invade our lives. And so Paul says, no. You're carnal, and this is a mark, and he's addressing this. In verse 6, I planted Apollos water, and God gave the increase. So then neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Paul and Apollos, they're just vessels or instruments, but God uses, the apostle says, that is, we're not anything. We're just instruments to be used of the Lord for his purposes. So don't put your identity with us, but you need to identify with the Lord. You don't elevate the instrument above the one who made or uses the instrument. When Angie or Linda gets off playing the keyboard or Jim, you know, the, the guitar, we had a wonderful time of worship, just worshiping the Lord. And after the service, I'm not going to come up to the guitar and say, oh, that was a wonderful time of worship guitar and keyboards, you were great as well. But I'm appreciative of those who are playing the guitar, uh, Linda and Angie playing the keyboards. That's what is the blessing. And that's what Paul is emphasizing. Here he says, I planted Apollos water, but God is the one who gave the increase, who gives life. Using the analogy of a seed planted in the ground, something that we can understand here in this area in Greeley. When seeds are planted, and planting time is going to be a short time away because we're entering in the spring. 
And so the seed is planted, and then the irrigators come along, and they irrigate. And the farmer, uh, the one who plants, the one who irrigates, he doesn't really make the plant grow. He's just an instrument to be used to plant the seed, to water, to provide the right environment. It's the miracle of life that makes the plant grow. And it is something that we need to understand and realize that with ministry, when it comes to bringing people to Jesus, the evangelist plants, the Bible teacher waters, to which is more important. Paul says neither. The important thing is not what we can do, but what God can do. So don't elevate the servant above the master. And as we discussed again last week, it is the Spirit of God that works in us to bring people to Christ, to grow them, give them understanding, changes lives, changes hearts. The evangelist doesn't really do that. The Bible teacher doesn't really do that. Now remember, keep things in perspective and what Paul is trying to relay to them. He's not saying that, that they don't have a part to play. Yes, we do. Thank you for joining us on Under the Fig Tree. If you would like a copy of today's study, please call us and ask for the message with today's date. Our phone number is 970-330-1717. That number again, 970-330-1717. If you prefer, you can write us at 2602 West 27th Street, Greeley, Colorado, 80634. You can also visit us online at ccgreeley.com. Under the Fig Tree is brought to you by Calvary Chapel of Greeley. We invite you to join with us for our Sunday morning services at 8.30 and 10.30 a.m. and our Wednesday evening service at 7 p.m. Please join with us next time as we continue to study the Bible together on Under the Fig Tree.